1: Welcome, everybody! We are the Pettiest Bills Podcast. I'm not bright enough for all of that. Drew Gator. Because I thrive off negativity, it's just more hackery from a charlatan and a carpetbagger. The Rockpile Report. Oh, uh, my blood pressure's rising. He gave him Coors at
2: Banquet Beers out of spite. The Pettiest, Hardest Drinking Bills Podcast. I'll
1: go to Helen back just to prove a point. to another edition of the Rock Pile Report podcast. I'm your host Bill Season Ticket Holder Drew Gear. That's my producer Chris Krueger. Chris, I don't know about you, but this Taylor Swift obsession with the NFL, I'm kind of over it. I hate it. It And I'm not just being a curmudgeon. I'm not just being an old grumpy man yelling at clouds. I am. First of all, I don't understand Taylor Swift's not that Like, I have this debate with my wife whenever I say this. Taylor Swift's not special. What did she do that changed the face of music? She's not the Beatles, right? She's not Jimi Hendrix. What did she do besides make music for average white people? You can't even dance to it. Like, she doesn't even have a dance song, like a club popular song or a song that everyone at weddings will dance to and be like I need that Taylor Swift song. You never hear that. And yet somehow she's as multi-millionaire as an artist like Michael Jackson had hits. And yet her sycophants will tell you that she's better than MJ because they're all lunatics. And I don't understand this.
2: I can't get past the fact that she wears red lipstick. No one has, no woman has ever looked good In red lipstick When I see a woman wearing red lipstick Or is it Halloween? Are you trying to be Bozo the Clown? It makes no sense No woman No woman in the history of womanhood Has ever looked good in red lipstick It does not work You look like a clown
1: And then everyone wonders why Chris made it to 38 (laughs) How Chris is here I'm happy it unfolded the way that it did
2: Jessica knows not to wear red lipstick around me.
1: I just don't think she likes red lipstick, Chris. I think you lucked out in that department. Trust me, you're not taking a hardline stance on lipstick and she's following your lead. <laughs> but here's what I love. People think it's funny that the NFL is fawning over this, like, oh, see, Taylor Swift, and she's a, she's a fan of the Chiefs, and it's going to be fine. Yeah, it's all fun and games until she... With her army of sycophants and Brittany Mahomes with her TikTok, whatever the fuck it is she has going on, form up like Voltron and just come together to be one of the most insufferable duos I, like that anybody has ever seen on social media. They'll ruin it. I'll delete Twitter. Everyone's bitching about Elon Musk and that oh, I'm leaving Twitter because Musk is what. I don't give a shit about any of this. I'm just here for jokes and memes and football news and information. It's all I care about social media for. That's it. I don't need social media. Right? Like most people, I just give them my number. And yet at the same time, like if I actually care about you, you have my number. And if you don't and you think I care about you, reach out and ask for it. I bet you I give it to you.
2: It's on the screen right now if you're watching on YouTube. Ha <laughs> ha
1: these two are going to get together. I promise you, if, if, if we keep steering into this, it's all fun and games right now. They will team up to ruin everything for everyone who's ever liked football ever. <laughs> Maybe that seems hyperbolic. But man, Chris, we're fl- do, do you not feel like we're flirting with disaster here?
2: We are. And I don't like it.
1: Also flirting with disaster, the Buffalo Bills, fresh off a giant win against the division rival Miami Dolphins, run the East, baby, are traveling across the pond, and we're giving you our Week 5 preview. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Buffalo Bills, except not! Except not! The time for the game is 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the place Tottenham Hotspur, or whatever the fuck is. what is it, Wembley?
2: No, which wherever the Tottenham Hotspur play.
1: okay, it's whatever
2: our future stadium is supposed to be modeled after
1: the weather. Now, I got the weather update this week straight from the horse's mouth. And by horse, I obviously mean uh, Terry White, who messaged me to say that, like, because here I am assuming it's going to be like Seattle, just gray and misty, just damp, like if you could just have a weather forecast that says damp, I feel like that fits most of what England does most of the year long. Instead, he says it's going to be 70 and sunny. It's going to be a balmy fall day, just like here in Western New York. And the line is the Bills minus five and a half. And the Bills are three and one against the spread this year. Chris, who
2: do we have on the call? Rich Eisen and Kurt Warner. It's on NFL Network if you're... Uh... Local to Jacksonville or Buffalo. It's on your local Fox station. Really? Yeah. How did Fox get that? You gotta air it locally on TV. Do you though? Yeah.
1: You always do it. But here's you... but here's the thing. I always associate AFC football with CBS.
2: That's not been a thing for like three years. I
1: understand. But I just intrinsically it seems to work that way, so I'm surprised that two AFC teams playing each other, we're over there.
2: Yeah, well, it's on NFL Network, probably produced by Fox. Okay, Kurt Warner, Kurt Warner, and Rich Eisen.
1: Do you like Rich Eisen? Yes, I do. Do you believe that he's a good like? Yes, I do. Well, okay. So, what is it that you like about his coverage?
2: It's got a good voice, good opinions. Believes in his opinions, which is kind of
1: most important. Yeah, so does Nick Wright. And I think we just got done discussing that guy. Can, well, Rich Eisen is that not. That guy can fall off I- the top I- of a knock it Rich Eisen
2: him. is not a stick. Nick Wright is a fair. stick.
1: Fair. This is fair. He's a character. If we're talking about the injury report in the run-up to this game, there are some names out there. First of all, Zay Jones has go- come back to practice in a limited capacity. It's It's unknown whether he can play or not. Josh Allen, linebacker, is injured. Dwayne Smoot, starting to practice again, fresh off an Achilles injury. Don't know if he's in to go. Devin Lloyd did not participate. He's already, if you look at CBS Sports, they already have him as out. But it, the thumb injury, like it's a hand thing, maybe he'll come back and play. Cam Robinson is coming back, not injury-related, just suspension-related. On the middle side of the ball, it's pretty lengthy. Chris, but how much of this can you like really gain gain from this? Like Tredavious white, obviously did not participate. Nope. <laughs> okay. Greg Rousseau out with a foot. That's interesting to me. Like that. He's maybe, already rolled out. That maybe matters. No, did not participate in practice today. He's questionable. Like if I'm going over the players who are, are questionable, Matt Milano just got a rest day. Leonard Floyd is resting. He's earned it thus far through the season. Christian Benford limited you saw him leave the game early but come back last week and continue to play you feel like some of these like greg Rousseau, had 39 snaps after his foot injury is this just them resting these guys yeah i would rest them what i like is that jordan poyer is back to participating on a limited basis would you rather they continue to rest him and just play taylor rap again no i'd like poyer out there okay well, Dawson Knox, Michael Hyde, like we've got a Michael longer list. Hyde. Michael Hyde, that's right. Fucking idiot, guys. If you listen to our, if you've already listened to our recap podcast, you know what that's about. The, the big one is Von Miller. Don't blame him. Don't blame him. Do, do do not do this to us, right? Don't do it. Just don't fucking do it. Here's the funny thing. Ahead of this game, I can't decide whether or not I hate the Jaguars. Like, I saw a tweet from someone, I think it might have been that uh, VHS, like Bills VHS. Yeah. Who put together a montage of all the Bills. I mean, the Jaguars were the team that knocked Jim Kelly out of the NFL. Yep. Okay. So that happens. The EJ manual game occurs which I'll never forgive anybody involved with that mess. I'll never forgive them. From Manuel to Rex Ryan to fucking Paul Pazlezny, who picked up a fumble and ran it in for a touchdown. All of them can get onto the same tandem bike and ride it off the goddamn skyway for making me have to experience that in my late 20s, early 30s. The fact that Doug Marone quit on us and then got that head coaching job Like, the fact that that team couldn't hold the lead against New England in an AFC title game where they went on to win a Super Bowl. Mm Mm-hmm. A playoff loss in 2017 to that team, and then all the Jalen Ramsey slander, which I'm sure now he regrets, because Allen's kind of made him a whipping boy. I I can't make up my mind as to whether or not I dislike this football team. What do you think? Like, what emotions come to mind? Like, last, the, last year's loss should bother me. Shouldn't it? I'm more angry at the officials in that game than I am at the Jaguars. Wasn't it two years ago? 9-6? Yeah, two years ago. Yeah.
2: I, I'm, I'm indifferent. I don't I'm hate them. I'm indifferent to them. I think
1: I I don't feel like we have the animosity. And yet we've had kind of this AFC rivalry with them brewing. It's percolating. And yet it never really gets off the ground. Why do you think that is? I have no idea. I can't make up my mind about how I feel about this football team, but I do know how I feel about tonight's guests.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. You need indeed.
1: Yeah, you guys know him. John Kellum, the third, JK the third, and also his buddy, Rick Smith, the, the boys from down by the bank. They're here tonight on a show with us to talk about, uh, I don't know. Like, they're, they're, first of all, they're diehard Jaguars fans. You all know that. Also, JK is a, uh, fellow tortilla chip addict. Like, yes. we talk about how we need, uh, we need a support group for guys like us. Yeah. John, what is it about when you open that bag and that smell hits you? And-
3: uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't know, man. It's just I'm I'm a, I'm a chip and, chips and salsa guac kind of guy. You put a bag or uh, you know a bowl of it in front of me, I'm clearing it out. There's no and give me a modelo or you know or, or oh my god, done. It's 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 a wrap, bro. It's a wrap. But I mean, they. Everyone that's listening to Rock Pile, before we get into the, you know, the, the game week and everything else like that, Derek and got, and I got to say, man, this is one of our more favorite, you know, podcasts to hop onto, more favorite guest podcasts. You know, this is more of like, uh, it's more of like a, a family band train back and forth. You know what I mean? This is just, you know, an awesome, you know, thing that you guys have done. It's very awesome that you guys have continued the, You know, the relationship with Blue Wire with us, you know, through and making sure that we're continuing it on. And, you know, this is one of the things whenever we look at the schedule and if Buffalo is on there, we automatically know that this is going to come up. We automatically know that, you know, this is one of the things that we're going to do. And I hate the NFL for moving this game to London because as we were talking earlier, Derek, you know, I'll let you go. But Derek and I were like, we had this one circled on
4: our to to do list for sure. Why not? Why not? I mean, rich history of a team that, you know, as a city where we're trying to get to, Jacksonville, uh, just you got a bunch of diehard fans that will just do anything, anything. Now, I don't know about that lighting of the f- tables on fire and stuff. <laughs> freaking... Elbow dropping Macho Man Randy Savage off the or, top or of the, the car. Uh, how there's many people know about the, all that. the ketchup and the ketchup and mustard bukkake that goes on in one of those? There's even, there's even some, uh, Buffalo after dark stuff that goes yeah. on. Yeah, there's
1: a little bit. <laughs> hey, listen, we get wild. Qu- oh,
4: yeah.
1: Now here's a question. After that 2017 playoff game, how much wreckage was left behind in that parking lot?
4: Dude, so the, I'll, I'll tell you. No, what. No, no, you no, no. Tell them a story about off of San Jose, the bar they went to off San Jose where they tore it up and the cops had to break it up. Yeah. What? Over there. You, yeah. You guys, <laughs> did a, you guys did a number on Jacksonville. I, I'm not
3: <laughs> even joking. <laughs> you guys did an absolute number on, on, on it. And I, I remember in 17, cause it was, it was kind of cold here. Um, and then so there were some guys walking around in buff are walking around. And they had on the zubas, uh, and they were just like these faded zubas. They were probably like from. <laughs> yeah, they would be from like mid nineties. They're old bro. heads of the Buffalo Bills. I mean, Bills. I'm talking about old, like old yeah. zubas. Uh, I mean, a faded Bruce Smith jersey. Don't mess with those guys. guys, guys that just didn't come here. They were, they were not. They were looking. They were looking for fights, <laughs> looking for them. And That's you know, rough. the type of person that I am. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I, I fan the flames. I yeah. fan. So I saw a guy with a Jim Kelly jersey on. And, you know, this is probably going to be the ones that gets me to hell, uh, pretty, pretty quick. Um, but I saw a guy with Jim Kelly jersey on and, uh, I was like, man, Jim Kelly, huh? He was like, yeah, he, I, he was like, yeah, yeah, Jim Kelly. I was like, you think he, you think he likes applesauce or do you think he likes, is he more of like a, like a coleslaw, like soft foods kind of guy cause of the throat?
1: And I was just, the guy was like, <laughs> buddy, you better, you better not be standing here when I come back. <laughs> I like, I, I will say this. I love the fact cause you're like me. You're a shitster. You're like, well, yeah. I can't help myself. Yeah. Now here's what I want to know about you guys. And this is just a preface to the, because this is a backdrop to this entire game. This game is happening in London. Right now, you guys have your own local concerns. This stadium situation, your team's making threats to, veiled threats to relocate, maybe to England. Like, it's a weird thing to watch, because you're talking about a team that, like, locally, that stadium funding, uh, what do you want to call it, a referendum, Failed pretty handily. By a wide margin, did not pay.
4: Well, here's the thing the the, the loudest ones here, unfortunately, are the ones that don't want the stadium. But I I tell you, they are of a minority. The city owns the stadium. Mm -hmm. Okay. Khan's putting up 50. He wants the city to put up 50. Uh, Our financials, they suck royally like most cities do mm-hmm. and we have a new mayor that a lot of people don't trust i'm not going to say whether if i do or not but there's a lot of people that don't trust trust her so you put all that together and it just makes a recipe for disaster but general consensus from what we hear we want the team to stay we want them to figure it out whatever they have to do city council vote um but even england I, I, i'll tell you this true It's not so much of Mark Lamping, the words that he said a couple of weeks ago. It was where he said them. Yes. Because he was in St. Louis, which (laughs) we all know the history. We all know. Khan wanted to go to St. Louis. He wanted to buy the Rams first before the Rams left. Okay. St. Louis has made it very well known that they will watch any crumbling situation to try to get a team back. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, they got to be watching this with Hawkeyes. Now, I don't want that to happen. I'm not sitting but i'm just saying what a coincidence for him to make those stupid remarks in st louis of all places so i think the worst thing too <clears throat> is that like as you know as we were
3: talking uh, you know i've been to 12 stadiums right and and i and i note these things i look at these things around Infrastructure wise, I noticed like what teams are doing to keep people downtown and what people are doing to keep things like within the ecosystem. Right. Uh, of spending the dollars, because at the end of the day, you know, with an NFL team, it's all about business. It's all about keeping the money in the certain area, like a la like Patriot's place, you know, yep. where, you know, where craft has kind of built this town, Um, you know, very similar in Philly with Xfinity Live, how they've got Xfinity Live and everything right around there. Um, You know, and I think the only the only city where I've seen it, where it really, you know, hasn't really worked is in Kansas City, because in Kansas City, the the stadium is in the middle of nowhere. It's (laughs) literally in the middle. Like if anyone's ever been to Kansas City, it's in it's off the highway 20 minutes south of the city. There's nowhere near it. But they winning cares all Um, from what I've seen on MapQuest and things like that as well, as far as Buffalo goes. Um, kind of the same situation, yeah. but you're winning. And the history is that's rich. It. And, and people we're going to get a stadium. Nothing else to do but, a, but to come on a Sunday to watch the Bills win, lose, or draw. They're going to be there. When you announced the stadium, they almost broke ground the same day.
1: <laughs> they, <laughs> they,
3: they literally called, announced gonna the stadium. Gonna like, oh, it the, shit, it we're
4: we're going to call it ready? the house
1: that Josh Allen built. Because right. if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have this.
4: Yeah. It, it, see, that's why we got to go see it because tradition. Like, what you're telling me that you have nothing around and 80,000 people, whatever it is, just all right, let's get in the car, let's get in, yeah. the, evenings, let's get in the buses and just go out to the middle of nowhere. Well, that, I'll tell you tradition. what,
1: come up for a non Jaguars game. Come up, we'll host you at our Can't tailgate because our, our tailgate crushes. Now, here's what I, I want to get into the game conversation. For, first of all, you guys lost to the fucking Texans, and that one, excuse me, yeah. Chris was flipping out break down the fourth wall because we don't have one with our listeners. Chris and I were yelling at each other. He broke a pair of headphones earlier because we were arguing over the amount of time it took to do the show prep for tonight. Mm -hmm. And part of it was, I don't know how to phrase our keys to victory tonight because I don't know what to make of your fucking football team. You guys are a team that went toe-to-toe almost all the way to the gun with the Kansas City Chiefs. And then somehow get blown out by the texans. Help me make sense of this. Like what is your football team 5 weeks into the NFL season?
4: Go ahead. You go you go first. <laughs> so, this team
3: So, 5 weeks into the season right now. If you had a word got, to describe
1: them, what would you use?
3: One if I word. had one If I had a, if I unstable. Okay. They're un, they're they're unstable right now. Um, I think right now it is one of it's five weeks into the state or in, into the season right now. Um, you know you've won. You beat an okay Indianapolis team that you know has gone toe to toe with some really good opponents right now. And if they would have had Jonathan Taylor, their game would have been a lot closer. Um, you you lose to Kansas City, who has your number. You know, right now, regardless of, you know, however many times you play them, they, they've got your number until you beat them. Right. So Kansas City mm-hmm. has been the measuring stick for us. And uh, I think we lost by seven uh, to, to, to Casey. Um, so right there. Am, am I right about that? Is it
4: seven or ten. Seventeen nine. Seventeen. Yeah. You're 17, so, nine, I think. Yeah, yeah, I went
3: to back. public school, so I'm not good at math. <laughs> so uh, so you, you have that and you've made some great plays in there. Right. Uh, and then you come through uh, and, and lose to a uh, an underestimated Houston Texans team. They took it to the Steelers this past week. Yep. Um, you know they've been in the games as well. You know you got a young quarterback that's playing very well also. Uh, and then you go out and you win. Um, you know uh, against a Atlanta Falcons team where you schemed up very well against them. So I say unstable right now because of the the offense. You know, we're, we're starting to get, we get Cam Robinson back this week, who's been a staple, you know, for us on the offensive line. Um, I say unstable because of the defensive line as well. Uh, the lack of, you know, we had Josh Allen had a, the good Josh Allen had a coming out party <laughs> last uh, last week. So, uh, you know, he, he was able to kind of, you know, kind of right the ship and things like that, you know. So, but those two pieces have been a little bit rocky for us and unstable. You know, you've got this, Ferrari of an offense with t- Trevor Lawrence Ingram Ridley Let's etn what's and they that. haven't been able to get they haven't been able to get going so they're unstable right now that's my that's my piece Derek go ahead what you got
1: well I was going to say so Derek before in, in, just and I hate to cut you off I just want to preface this for our listeners guys so to understand and put some context into what he's talking about here for you to understand this I want to point some of the statistics right here right now through the first month of the season, the Jaguars are 21st in touchdowns per game. They're 20th in points per game. They have no 300 yard passing games, but two of them under 200. And yet they were touted as one of the teams that were expected to take this giant step forward. That, that comes in fantasy football circles. There's a reason that Trevor Lawrence was a top 10 pick in a lot of drafts. There's a reason that a lot of your players, people were talking about them. There's a lot of buzz about your team and your offense in the offseason because they saw how you ended 2022. They said, we saw a team that dug out of a crazy hole. They were hot down the stretch and then went down against the Chargers and made the most improbable comeback I've ever seen with my own two eyes outside of the Bills comeback. Yours was nuts because I saw it. I didn't get to see that when I was a little kid and listened to it on the radio. So then you come back and you turn into this team where the defense has to carry you to your wins. If we're just talking about the offense, let's stick with this. Derek, what do you think is one of the biggest things holding this offense back with the fact that Trevor Lawrence only has four touchdown passes through four weeks?
4: Offensive line play. Offensive line play. You said 200 yards. If you look at a lot of our, 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 our passing plays, there are a lot of three-step Maybe a couple of five-step drops. He's not holding on to the ball too long, okay? His feet are a little bit more choppier than last year. What do they tell you? If your quarterback's feet's moving a lot, what's that mean? That's nerves. Why are there nerves? Because the offensive line isn't holding up. Okay, and let's take a little step back further from that. Right, We've had a lot of changes, okay? Uh, Cam Robinson suspended. Juwan Taylor gone. Interior parts of the line. Sheriff sprained ankle. You know, Ben Barch, I don't know what he is. Shatley, heart issues. Lou Fortner playing his heart out, but might have a little, you know, might be banged up a little bit. So you've got all these changes. And then Doug decides to do the dumbest change of them all by letting Press Taylor call the plays. And to me, it's like, okay, you've got all these changes that can mess with your team as far as their rhythm. And then you go and take the ultimate. And get your right hand guy, who you know you think is as good as you are, but he's not. So you put all that together, and what do you have? You have a very quick strike offense. That yeah, if the receiver gets open and they make a play and they don't drop the ball, they can you know they can make they can make a play. But also at the same time, if your line if your line can't block, what did Mister Miyagi say? No breathe, no life. Hey. (laughs) No (laughs) block, no lice in the story.
1: And here's one of the interesting things I think about coming into this matchup. I see what Trevor Lawrence was supposed to mean. I think about Doug Peterson. And then I think about what we're seeing and what we talked about in this week's recap show about Sean McDermott kind of like, hey, Leslie Frazier used to be our defensive coordinator. And the talk always was our defense was too soft. And yet the franchise did everything. They said all the right things. They propped him up as much as they could. Now that he's not here, and Sean McDermott's turned that defense loose, this defense is not Leslie Frazier's <laughs> defense. Yeah, and defense is s- disgusting. And you see the difference between a coach who made his bones and got to where he was as a head coach by being an, a prolific coordinator. You're you're seeing that playing out in our defensive play. And it strikes me as odd that Doug Peterson would give that up and give it to another person when it's like, Doug, you're the, that play calling is the reason you're here today. You made it here. Why would you hand that to another human being and let them make the calls?
4: Is, we have no clue. There's been, you know, every, there's been local reporters that have sources, whether if he did or not, you know, hey, he's got a play sheet. No, that's a menu to Waffle House. <laughs> hey, that might be, you know, <laughs> who knows what it is. And, and I, all I know is this I don't pay attention to video or menus. What I pay attention to is when the team is scoring and in rhythm and not in rhythm. Mm-hmm. And they have not been in rhythm, which leads me to believe that uh, I call him Little Press. Little Press has been calling the plays. And unfortunately, I don't know him as a person. He's probably a great guy. But as far as calling teams for the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's not in rhythm right now.
1: Now, John, strongest parts, weakest parts of the Jacksonville offense right now?
3: Yeah. So, I mean, right now your strongest parts are pretty much going to be your skill positions right now. You know, when healthy, uh, we get Zay Jones back. So you're looking at a wide receiver core right now with Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley. Uh, and Evan Ingram, like it's that, weird. He,
1: it's weird hearing me say, hearing you say Zay Jones as a critical part of a team. Like it's weird. Yeah, hearing I, that. I know
3: what he was to y'all. I know. I know what he was to you. I really, really do. I really understand that. But Zay has he went from Buffalo, I believe, to Vegas to to Jacksonville, and you know, with him, you know, whatever the evolution that you know that happened within that, he's just been. You know, good for him. For us. I want, been, I want nothing
1: great. but good things for that guy. Yeah. And so it's yeah. interesting that he found his way from where he ended here, which was kind of, it felt like it had to end. Right. And now he's found us st- like a home with yeah. your team. Yeah. And I kind of, for as much as people will be like, ah, oh, you know, fucking me was here. I like that. I like right. the fact that he is a human, put himself together and found his stride that made him a second round pick. And he's playing like it. Now, here's what we need. uh,
3: The same thing with Evan Ingram. Here comes Chris. Oh, sorry, Chris.
2: Here's what we need to know about your receiving core. Does Calvin Ridley take the Jags plus five and a half?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Don't put me. Do not do that. Well, you know what? I say it like this. Okay. So, no Jordan Poirier, right?
1: Well, we don't know. But either way, okay. uh, either way, Taylor Rapp against those Dolphins. And, and you know
3: what? Sweet. And that's, that's weird to say that because Taylor Rapp at, when he was in LA. Was good. Was He was, uh...
1: well, he was, he, well, what he was is the year they won the Super Bowl, he was good. Yeah. The year they didn't.
3: Yeah. Meh. Yeah, so maybe he he has the change of, you know, the 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 the, the uh Do, the fresh air, but he's no Jordan. He's no Poyer. No, no, no. Right, no. Yeah, he's no Poyer. So Trey White Trey. he's out. Right? That's oh, tough. oh, that's a tough that's one. a big loss. And forty seven, I can't think of his name. That got Benford, race, uh, but I'll tell time.
1: you what. Yeah. But I'll tell he's you what out? No, no, he's good. He he's okay. little, he, he was resting today. But I, I guarantee you he came back and played after his injury. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things where now they're gonna rest him for the week and let him just mm-hmm. come out there. It's I if your defensive
3: see. line of Leonard Floyd, uh Ed Oliver, if you got Matt Milano, who is an absolute bulldog like the dog, if those guys come to eat on 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 Sunday, then I, I just don't see how Jacksonville can keep up with Buffalo's offense. I really don't. Well, I, I really think that, yeah, I really don't.
1: One of the weirdest things I've seen about your team is that you don't start games well. On offense, None, no. you guys start games very slowly. It's mm-hmm. it's weird. Like, first quarter scoring, I think I have it up here. Uh, where do I have that? First quarter, but it but, uh, doesn't matter. You guys are in the lower part, but, but we've seen it, right? You've seen mm-hmm. it. I don't have to tell you. You've lived it. You're going, why the fuck can't we score a point in the Houston Texans game where you don't score a touchdown until you're down 17 nothing? Wow. That buried you in that game because you guys got hot later on and started making plays after halftime. You came out. You were, you were doing big things. And then a guy that looked like you took a, took a uh, kickoff back to the house. <laughs> man, tits flapping in the wind. Just,
4: just ripped it off. I love that. You had to bring that up. You, you just had to bring that up. It's, man, that's so bad.
1: It's, it's amazing. But so uh, the, the one thing I will say before we pivot away from the offensive thing, do you think that bringing Cam Robinson right back in this week would be a mistake? Cause Walker Little has not been playing bad football.
3: No, we it have would no choice. Be a mistake. We got yeah. no choice. Cam no is choice. the anchor of God. that line, and Cam is he, hes hes because that's where you guys think
1: you're going to live and die is on the yes. of that offensive line, and that if they can just get a little bit better anywhere, things will get better.
3: Absolutely.
1: Switching sides of the ball, defense. Okay. Allen and Diggs just put on a show against the Dolphins. <laughs> they just put it on them. So the first months of football, what I've been most impressed by is just this idea of how they're utilizing tight ends and running backs. And they're really crucifying opposing linebackers. To date, 227, seven first downs, one touchdown, and over 150 yards after the catch through four games. Which is pretty good considering our guys aren't prolific. None of them are a primary target on the team. With What's going on with Lloyd... And just the state of your linebacker core, how confident are you in that group in corralling that dynamic?
4: You know, they are extremely athletic, um, but the the issue is they kind of get put out of position. I, I think with uh, Lloyd and Dalton Kincaid, they, they might have some familiarity there at the Utah connection. Do I have that right? Yeah. Am, I, am I right about that? So um, I, I feel like, they always rise to the occasion. They're not going to back down. It's just that sometimes they get over aggressive and they get schemed out of uh, situations and assignments. And then you know the middle of the field's wide open and we're standing there like you know what the hell? Um,
1: would you would you classify your defensive approach as aggressive?
4: Aggressive. Eh, not really. It's almost aggressive, it, aggressive against the pass. Pass, yeah. It, okay. Okay. So, it, let me put it to you like this. It's it just, in all honesty, through these four games this season, we've been, our defense has been as good as Josh Allen. Our Josh Allen. Literally. Okay. Yeah, that's it. No, because it, it's he's almost kind of like when he decides to get you going. our first they get game going.
1: against you guys. Fucking, yeah. fucking 2021. He's the guy that destroyed that fucking game. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird, and this is what I was arguing with Chris about pre-show. I don't know what to make of your team because when I look at it, I go, here they are, they're fighting Kansas City to seventeen points, but they only scored nine. And that that's against a Kansas City defense that isn't that good. They're I think just they had f-
2: I believe they had red zone failures that game. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong.
4: Nope,
3: you're right. Okay. Yeah, we went 0 for six. We went zero for six in the red zone.
1: Holy shit, what? okay all right well that's that that's something to talk about but then also i'm like i'm trying to make sense of what i'm seeing in the statistics as i'm trying to pour over this team and i do my usual research because usually when i go over the numbers i go oh okay well if i look at this set of data and this set of data and these things and i line them up together i can kind of see how this team wins or fails and i can't make sense of anything you guys are doing (laughs) oh for six in the red zone it was, it was. It was insane. It was like,
3: so it was, so there was a, so we had an incomplete with uh, Calvin Ridley wasn't able to get his feet down. We had an incomplete where uh, Zay Jones wasn't able to get his feet down. We had a fourth and one that ended up getting um, going. I think we ended up going lateral east and west instead of going north and south. Uh, we had another play where we couldn't get in as far as, uh, Ridley, uh, he couldn't get his feet down. Um, There was a play to goal post. Yeah, where he hit the goal post, yeah. Uh There was a
4: play uh, with Ingram that we couldn't get in. That might have been the second Zay Jones. I think Zay Jones had two where he couldn't get his feet down. And both were exceptional throws, but he just, you know, just it it was so tight, like, you know.
1: Because I'm looking at this, I'm saying to myself, Trevor Lawrence is not a bad quarterback. He's proven that he's got it, right? Like, he has the NFL it. He has the ability to be an upper echelon quarterback in this league. And then I'm watching what's happening to you guys this season, and I go, he has four touchdown passes. Josh has four touchdown passes last week. Yeah. Yeah. What is going on with your offense? But then I look at the defense and I go, okay, one thing kind of feeds another – your defense has been trying to hold you guys in every single one of these games.
3: The, the defense, defense has been, you know, work. in my opinion, if, if you would have asked me this at the end of training camp, <clears throat> you know, which which unit that was going to come out the strongest, it was definitely going to be the offense because, you know, the offense has, you know, what was touted, um, you know, the offense was, you know, what everybody had of talked about with Wrigley being reinstated, those things like that. And then the continuation of what they did in those last nine or 10 games of the season last year, right? How they just got hot. Um, you know, this offense runs through Evan Ingram. Uh, this office runs through ECN as well. Both of those guys haven't been able to really get up, uh, you know, and, and get going uh, as much as we would like for them to. But from the defensive side of the ball and the defensive perspective, I'm really interested in what this is going to be uh, on Sunday, because to me, this is a measuring stick game because the Jags are playing. The top teams in the AFC this year. You're playing your Buffalo's. You're playing your Kansas City You're playing winning. Right. You're playing. You're playing the Bengals, who they're not who we thought they were. Now Baltimore you're playing the Ravens. You know you're, you're playing those teams, and I think for this defense on Sunday, it's definitely going to be you know a measuring stick because things can get out of hand really quick. I would say this, the success for us here is going to be the pass rush. If Josh Allen can get home and confuse Josh Allen, just because he does like to drop back in coverages, I believe in the last game. He threw a pick. pick. Uh, Josh Allen threw a pick to Josh Allen, which is crazy. But the, the guy you got to watch out for who's not getting a lot of, you know, mainstream media. I and mean, you're not going to hear his name on NFL game day is Andre Cisco. You've got to watch out for number five. Number five has been an actual, just been a ball hawk. He has been, uh, he's an old school safety. He's been, he's been hit. He's been hitting. I'm talking about like well, laying he, people
4: out across the This He dropped the pick six against Kansas City. He had yeah. a pick six. That had was, to be crushed. It, it, it was wide. It was wide. was nobody. What did it? Mahomes like wasn't when catching he, them. When he dropped, he dropped it, he, what did it feel like? He dropped the
3: pick six. He 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 walks in, and it was the perfect where he's running downhill, already got the momentum. It's the stuff that you see in training camp when they're practicing on the jugs machine, how the ball's coming directly at you, and all you got to do is get your hands on it and take it back to the hizzy. And it was just like, yeah. So that's the guy you got to key in on. You got to key in on Cisco. Uh, Darius Williams has been playing some outstanding football as well. But I think that, you know, it, it I'm, I'm very anxious to see how, how digs, you know, how, how, how he does on, sun, on Sunday. Cause you know, low key is one of my favorite receivers.
1: Now, just to preface this weak link on each side of the ball. Because that's what Bills fans want to know. Where can we attack your? Where can where have teams attacked you guys and made progress? And what are you most afraid of about the Buffalo Bills when it comes to Sunday? Weak um, link on offense and defense.
4: On when when the Bills have the ball, the Jags defense, man, really, it's it's probably the slot. Um, you, you know, uh, Trey Herndon. He's uh, you know some days he's okay, and some days he's kind of just out there. Um, That would be one place, uh, I'd say. Another is really our our defensive line. You know, we we don't have Hamilton. We don't have our big nose tackle, and that kind of hurts us in the middle. We we do a decent job at stopping the run. We do a good job at, you know, sometimes things can break down. Um, And really, for me, to be honest, I was hoping by the time we got to this game, That Diggs and Allen had had their fist fight that's been brewing for the last two years, (laughs) and that y'all would be out of rhythm and oh, look at them—they love each other. other. They're kissing and
1: making up on the sideline right now.
4: Yeah, yeah, I I don't, I don't, you know that 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 relationship. I can't wait for that one to explode. But um, no, that's on on defense. I'd say that's you know where where it's been. But really, it just really just goes back to Josh Allen when he gets going. The rest of them, I don't know what it is, but the rest of them just get going. And I guess, you know, hey, if you have a good pass rusher, everything's easier. That's true. Sure. I've watched Miller
1: transform this defense into, like, he took us upper echelon last year, and then we backslid the moment he got hurt. Yeah. So I feel like that fits most teams, but you're right. Josh Allen really is your engine on defense. Now, John, on offense— who is the straw that stirs the drink and what are the things that you think the bills should be watching for on Sunday?
3: well I mean it, it starts with 16 honestly if 16 starts dealing uh if 16 gets in his rhythm if he gets to 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 where um you know he can actually you know get get a decent time because I mean not even that much time I think Trevor's got like either the third or second fastest ball release uh of the season so far so he only needs a couple of seconds right. So 16 starts to get hot, then, you know, it's going it, it, to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a day. It's going to be a high scoring offense and it's going to be on both sides. If we can get him going, um, and I would say probably a 1B, which is the wild card, you know, in an X factor for us. Um, you know, I don't know how Buffalo's run defenses and I don't know how your linebackers run east to west. Um, you know, as well, I, I imagine Matt Milano and, you know, he, he's one of the best in, in the business. But if they can get ETN in some space, um, you know that's another one that you want to kind of watch out for, you know, as well. Very similar to what the Jags did in seventeen, where uh, Corey Grant, we had a a a couple packages lined up for him, and New England couldn't stop it. I think that there's not a lot of like we know that ETN is a game breaker, and you know that he can hit the home run but he hasn't had the opportunity really yet to to get out in open field and really you know do the thing. So I think 16 and one the backfield is definitely where where we will be able to uh, you know begin on a defensive side of the ball if Buffalo can get that tight end rolling Get the, I mean, I mean, get him rolling in between the hashes. Mm-hmm. Get him rolling in between the hashes where it's almost kind of like a seven, like a pseudo, like seven on seven, you know, type of drill where, you know, you've got, you know, Josh Allen's getting some time. You know, you know, I, I think it'll be a long day. I think it'll be a long day for us as well. Um, and I think also, again, the, another X factor is Josh Allen doesn't go down. No, he, he, he absolutely does not go down. So it's wrapping up. He he's going to run you over. He's a big guy. He he has a chip on his shoulder. He's angry. He runs hard. Runs downfield. Doesn't go down with the first tackle. Um, you know, so that's going to be another thing too. Being able to balance that line of making sure you make the tackle and making sure you don't get the flag, making sure you don't get the extra fifteen on on top of that because he's starting to get some of those now. Yep. He's starting to get some of those calls. He's earned it. He's starting to get some of those calls right now. So. You know, really being able to understand, you know, when to hit him, when not to hit him, when not to fall down on him, when to take him out of bounds, when not to take him out of bounds. But then also those little runs, those ticky tack runs for seven, eight, nine a pop. He's gashing you. Those can get so aggravating. They'll kill kill you. you. And then what will happen is that, you know, he's got a nine. He's got a seven yard run. He's talking shit and you get a flag. That seven yard run has now turned into a gain of like 20. Or because worse, of the flag,
1: or worse, because he had the seven yard run, you commit a safety to the box now, and you go, "Well, don't let him do that." Yeah, and now mm-hmm. he finds a Gabe Davis on a post route for eighteen, and you go, <sighs> "Ah, fuck." Yeah, I should have yeah, saved with it.
3: They, they gave yeah, yeah, but I think, I think you know, the, the strongest parts because you know, uh, on the on the outside, as far as the corners go, the Jags, you know, are underrated at corner. Tyson Campbell has been playing some really good ball. Um, but I think in inside of the hash, man. I think that middle of the field by the logo. I think that's where y'all can really eat up, you know, the Jags on Sunday and uh, and really use that to your uh, your advantage.
1: Final predictions, like honestly, I love I hate this I, part. I, no, no, I always hate this because <laughs> I, I never know what to say. <laughs> so what I'm going to say yeah. is this: the spread's five and a half. We'll just leave it at this. Do you think you guys cover?
4: Yeah, I'll, I'll say I'll say this. If we score in the first two possessions, if we put up six points. You guys aren't good at that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a big if. That's a big if. (laughs) That's a big if. if. Yeah, we're not very good at it. But I'll say this. If we score in the first two possessions, we cover that five and a half. All right. We'll cover it.
1: John, what do you think? You you guys think five and a half? You like that? I agree.
3: I agree. Yeah, no, and 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 then so we didn't even talk about like the X factor and all this. Is that we've been over there
1: for, sure. for the, like
3: the last like week and a half.
1: What I love you is know? that the petty ass yeah. bills were like, "Hey, we're gonna book your hotel, and you guys can't be there." And then they're, they're like, "Wait a minute, we have to move hotels." It's
3: like, oh, no. I think there's something behind that,
1: but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give it
3: up. We'll give it up to the. We'll, we'll, I'll I'll let you have that one. I'll let you have this early. I'll, I'll let you have that one. I think there's something to that, but I think
1: no. I think I, they
3: what is this? Buffalo's what first or second time over?
1: Second, second in my second lifetime.
3: Time, yeah, second time over there. So you know, we've been there. um Played ten games in London so far. Uh, we're already there right now. You know, I, I think that's that really does play an advantage of it. The experience
1: um, on the field and the yeah. fact that you don't have to leave time zones, you don't have to mm-hmm. travel, you can just relax. Like talking to some of our the people we know, they say that it's actually harder to stay because you don't have access to all your training materials, your your therapy rooms, your, the things that you normally have on a week away from football. Mm-hmm. This is to your point, and I think you started the show with this, John. This is a litmus test. (laughs) This game is actually the NFL going, Hey, if we leave a team over there for two weeks, are they going to thrive? Because if they do, then guess what? Eh, Maybe we look at, maybe we start experimenting with this a little bit farther. I don't know what that does for the NFL. I don't know what that does for the Jacksonville Jaguars. What I do know is that in this game, it could play a monumental role in the fact that you guys have been there for two weeks. Without access to those training facilities and those therapy rooms, and did they fly every single trainer over? <laughs> like how how many of those therapy no. staffs got like? What? So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out and who's ready for game day.
2: See, I like the Jaguars you five like, and a half. I like them. I oh, th- shit! I've, I'm not going to be surprised if they win because it falls in line with the same thing that happened. With the Dolphins. The Dolphins drop seventy on the Broncos and then they come to Buffalo, and that's that's like the AFC East Super Bowl. And we destroy them. We put up forty eight because coming into the game, we knew Miami, no way that they were gonna put up anywhere near seventy, let alone like thirty or forty. We just dropped fifty on them. This is a perfect spot for a Buffalo letdown, and I hate it. That's why the line's five and a half. We talked about this before to press record. That five and a half yeah. is like a no man's dude, land way to, to a bet. Is
3: a, that five and a half is a hook, man. That's, <laughs> that's it. It's that five and hook. a half is a hook, dude. That, that's just, that five and a half is just enough to, 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 to wreck your parlay. It'll wreck you betting straight up. That that five and a half is tough, man.
4: So and you know Vegas is so a, Vegas MGM's got the over under at forty nine. Okay, so what oh. are they predicting a twenty eight a, 28, a 28-21 game? That's, you know, <laughs> so which will cover which will, you know which will cover you know the five and a half for for you all, but I don't know could that 28-21 turn into 28-24? Nah, you know or go the other way you know? Know? We'll the and we'll see.
1: And that's why I love these Jaguars games because you never know what you're going to get. I know mm-hmm. because in 2018 I didn't think I was going to get a game and I went to the bathroom and I missed the big touchdown play and the fight. And then I went to take another piss and I missed the fist fight. I missed all of the fireworks of our, our 2018 matchup because yeah. I have a weak bladder. And it's <laughs> not a weak bladder. I just drink more than most people. And I don't, and I hate calling it that. <laughs> People go oh, Dude, wait. I, I'm of-
3: telling you guys, if if this ever if this ever comes to fruition where Jacksonville comes up uh you know to Buffalo, you you got my 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 word that it is one of the games Hell yeah. that, that I will one hundred percent get there a day early just to be able to experience Buffalo, but then also uh, you know, be able to experience the tailgate, be able to experience Bill's mafia and uh, you know, it's just one of those things, man, where I'm just super Glad that you know we've got friends in high places up
4: there. Well, hey, just just really quick before before we before we go before we wrap up, just make sure that you tell him and text him to bring proper footwear. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <gosh>. Ask, <laughs>
1: ask, ask him about Kansas city, and the boots he wore. <laughs> well, did you wait? Did you go into cold weather unprepared?
3: So yeah. I went in. I went into cold weather with some dry rotted snow boots that oh, I had no, no. idea. Yeah, I had no idea they were dry rocks. So I was super, super, you know, excited about the uh, the game in the hotel. I was wet. moonwalking. I was moonwalking in the in the hotel and Derek's like, Your your soul's gonna mess up on your shoe. I'm like, man, shut up. I'd already I'd already shotgun like two beers uh and, and ready to go. Man, so we get out there to the parking lot, and I'm walking, and I was like, Man, y'all feel rocks? Is anybody feeling the on their feet? I mean, what the hell are you talking about? I look down there's like the, the gravel where they, the, the salt where they to, to melt yeah. the snow was like I was stepping on it, and <laughs> so too far too too far away from the hotel. So I'm still kind of drunk right now. I, I find this construction worker. He duct, duct tapes my shoe. The sole to the to the shoe, right? And me being the idiot that I am, thinking that's gonna work because it's not. Because it's, of course it's not waterproof. <laughs> we get inside of the stadium, it starts snowing. I'm standing on cardboard because somebody out in the parking lot told me to bring some cardboard in. And I look down and there's a puddle, and my feet are instantly cold. I wasn't cold before until I look now. So long story short, walked the entire stadium, walked into the Chiefs store. I was like, I need some shoes. They're like the only thing we have is a size nine and a half women's waterproof clog, and I was like, "I'll take it." <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll now, whoa,
3: whoa. I, I, How I'm small not go-
1: are your feet, bro? <laughs> I'm a size thirteen. <laughs> I wear a size
4: I wear a size ten, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a fun day. <laughs> it, now I'm not going to sit here and, and claim credit like I'm the ultimate snow guy either, because my neighbor he, they're from Syracuse. The night before we leave, he looks at what I have, and he says, D, that shit ain't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what size do you wear? I'm like a 13. He goes, he gets all kind of stuff for me. Yep. In my suitcase. <laughs>
1: he was like, dude, don't go out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Guys, I love you guys. And this is it. This is why I love you guys, because you're just you. You go out there. You go for it. You're like, well, I might not be ready, but fuck it. I'm here. Yeah. I love you, too. I've loved you guys forever. We've been, for, uh, J.K., how, how long we've been
4: doing this? Dude, this has been for a while. I mean, this is probably, what, fourth six or years? fifth time? No, six I mean, year. So six years probably <laughs> got, on, got on like four, four or five episodes. Yeah, so yeah, four or five episodes, yeah.
1: Tell everybody where they can find your shit on social media, where they can follow you guys, because guys, I, I love them. You should love them, too.
3: So you can find us on X now at X. I'm you, never going to call it call that. Call <laughs> it. I, just, I just call it You can it find us on uh, on X at down by the bank and our individual uh, handles are in there. Um, but for any of you grillers, uh, you, yes. can you can find me on Instagram. You can find Derek on Instagram. Yeah. For the Grills Mafia folks, like the people that actually get up with the big green eggs, with your Traegers, with all of whatever you got, if you got like, Two, two stone, two stones. And, you, you know, you got some charcoal under it. You can follow me on uh, Twitter. Or I mean, at, uh, on Instagram at it's just K three L L U M. So Kellum, but with the, instead of the E, it's a three. And uh, yeah, no, I love the stuff that you guys do. I love the Twitter and the, uh, the 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 content that you put on for the grilling. I love how you guys just, you know, go at it every Sunday. We do the same thing here in Jacksonville. And you know, we love you guys, man. Thank you guys for having us uh, you know, uh, again.
2: Down by the bank, John Kellum, Derek Smith, we've been friends with them. And by friends, I mean internet friends. We've been friends with them on the internet. Because they've never met probably here. Probably since eighteen. Yeah. Seventeen or eighteen. With definitely I the within, 17. within the first two years we've been doing this. Anytime we're playing the Jaguars, we get those guys on. They are fantastic. Also part of the Blue Wire family for now.
1: That brings us to tonight's (laughs) Keys to Victory. Wow, that's a lot of keys.
2: Bigger the keychain more powerful the man.
1: (sighs) I needed some food for thought because... I needed
2: some drink for thought. I made it old-fashioned.
1: Ah, look at Chrissy turn. So my indecisiveness about how to end this podcast drove Chris to drink. <laughs> you know, hold on. I wanna, so let me preface this
2: for everybody. So we're recording Ooh. this in my basement, as all podcasts are supposed to be done. You have a yeah, podcast. You shouldn't be doing
1: it in broad daylight. You, you, you should do be it, doing it somewhere. do it in a basement. You so, do it away from the rest of humanity.
2: So down here. Most of the liquor is down here. We also have a fridge, a basement refrigerator that had uh, one jar. I don't. I think it had like a a smoked simple syrup in it. So I went because we argued earlier. So I went (laughs) when we we argued earlier. earlier, So when (laughs) we had John and Derek on, I went and got a glass, which I also have down here. Bourbon, which I have much of a selection down here. Syrup in the fridge. And I have bitters because also my tailgate bag for when I go to games and I keep everything in is also down here. So I put in my cocktail ice, a couple dashes of bitters. I eyeballed the syrup. I eyeballed the bourbon because I didn't have a a jigger. (laughs) and i didn't have anything to stir it with so i used my finger so you mean
1: you made that's a cocktail how, like a man
2: yes that's how i it. you mean you I made, made
1: a man's cocktail
2: that's how i did it
1: chris all i can say is i'm happy you and i came out the other side of this thing we're always i mean we're always gonna, we're
2: always going to have a, a, a we like we dude we argue you and I have the same argument <laughs> abilities. Like, you probably argued different with Larissa than you do with me. Because you're dealing with a man. <laughs> so we just yell at each other of the thing that we're mad about.
1: And then we both absorb what the other person said yes. and then go and then we move on we their lives.
2: Yeah. And, then, yeah, and then we move on. That's <clears> how that went. That's
1: how dudes dudes fight
2: That's what dudes do
1: So now we're here, Chris with his cocktail
2: Oh, it's all gone I drank that while we talked to to Derek and John
1: I'm here with my Montucky, And we're here talking about the keys to victory For the Buffalo Bills on Sunday Ultimately, first of all, you have to start fast One of the things that this team Has not done well Is respond Offensively early Like anyone who doesn't believe me teamrankings.com go ahead and look at it i've already looked at their box scores i've dug into the plays the minutiae of it over on pro football reference but if you just want to do your high level research go look at pro football uh teamrankings.com in the first quarter of football games where do you think where do you think the Jaguars rank in terms of scoring chris 23. They're 18. All right, not far off. In the second quarter. Right? Like you've had a moment. You can get your quarterback into a rhythm. Now you understand what the opposing defense is doing, and we're gonna pivot and we're gonna do something different. Where do you think they land? Doug Peterson's a coach. 21. Twenty one. Ah. Twenty. In fact, actually, they're tied for twenty with one, two, three, four other teams. <laughs> it's them in Carolina. And here's the most disturbing part about that. Carolina has a rookie quarterback who is very small for the position. And went to Alabama. He was drafted number one overall, but Bryce Young wasn't supposed to be a prolific NFL quarterback prospect. That's why no one was clamoring to climb to the number one pick to, to get him. And now your offense is performing on par in terms of touchdowns with the way they are. Chris, I wasn't joking. Trevor Lawrence has four touchdowns all season. (laughs) Josh Allen had four touchdowns last week. This is a game where if you can start quickly, their offense takes quarters to ramp up to understand what a defense is throwing at them to parse through th- and i think a lot of this is like the boys just described to us the fact that he's allowing an also ran it's almost like sean mcdermott handing his defensive scheme off to a leslie frazier over the last few years and now we're questioning why it's so dynamic that Sean McDermott's the one pulling the strings. Well, yeah, this is why he's a head coach, because he was very good at this thing. Doug Peterson was very good at offense, and then this season, he decided to hand things off to an assistant. How long until he realizes that's a mistake? Pretty soon. I hope it's this week. I hope they have the same slow start that they've had here to most seasons. Now, when I look at the other keys to victory, I think that there's some players here that you can pick on, right? Like you heard them talk about Trey Herndon. Trey Herndon, this looks wild. He's allowing almost 79% of the comp, the passes that get thrown at him to be completed. He's their slot corner. 188 yards. <laughs> 180 yards, 100 of it coming after the catch. That's, that means that you're a slot corner who can't do the job. Now, Chris, the funny thing is we have not only slot threats, right? We have Hardy. We have Sherfield. Which Hardy? We have Shakir. We also can just motion Stefan Diggs anywhere we want to, to get a matchup. If they decide to make this the game where they go, Hey, do you want this to be the game that you, you put Trey Herndon on Dalton Kincaid? <laughs> it's going to be a massacre. If they want it to be the game where they say, Hey, we'll put, Hey, we'll go 12 personnel and just put Dalton Kincaid out wide and motion to get Stefan Diggs on that slot receiver. It's a massacre. I feel like there's a lot of avenues we can exploit here against this defense. I'm also looking at some of the other statistics. statistics, Jesus Christ. Chris, is it clear that I've been drinking?
2: (laughs) God. Maybe tonight's the night your wife texts me. Drew's not home.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Simulated pressure. That's also going to be a thing. We talked earlier with them about how poorly their offensive line has done in protecting... Trevor Lawrence. So they're seeing a lot. You use this
2: one against the Raiders and it worked, and I don't like it.
1: And I know (laughs) because it's the same situation. Your quarterback is tired of being hit by everybody. So now it's can I just drop and get rid of the ball? How can I orchestrate the offense and also not get destroyed? There's a mentality that certain players take. You see the players like Sam Howell who go, hey, fuck it. I'll stand in the pocket and take a monster hit if it means I can deliver a strike downfield. What did we do to that quarterback? Beat the fuck out of him. So, obviously, Lawrence knows this. He's not going to hang on to the football. But the reality is, is that that's probably his best bet to beat this football team. Because if you're If your offensive line can't protect you, and you're afraid of that, and you're already doing three and five-step drops every week, then, I don't know, I think that you're already beaten. Because we can roll in there with a team that's going to simulate pressure and then bail out. Now you're throwing into coverage. But you're doing it on a three- to five-step drop. And you're doing it as a quarterback who already has happy feet and who already is afraid of the punishment that you're going to get if you hold it for too long. Now, maybe the coaching staff says to Trevor Lawrence, hang in there, hang in the pocket. Chris, would you advise that? Uh, After what you've seen from the Bills the last couple weeks, it it just doesn't seem advisable. doesn't seem like a good idea. It feels like a lot of their game plan is going to be to just let the ball come out fast. With that in mind, the last key to victory is if our safeties, like Jordan Poyer, if he's not healthy and ready to go, Taylor Rapp, I need him. Because I need our safeties to patrol the back end. If you do not give up any big passing plays, this team is highly beatable. Think about all the the red zone woes that they were just talking about. That's crazy. How do you go 0 for 6 in the red zone? Chris, you never once thought about quarterback sneaking into the end zone? It no. means that they don't view their quarterback as a running threat. It also tells me that they don't view their tight ends outside of Evan Ingram, who gets treated like wide receiver two on their team, as a threat in the red zone. Instead, they try to throw things to the outside. They try to... I just feel like right now the guy calling their plays is struggling. I feel like the offensive line is struggling. I feel like their playmakers are struggling. There's no reason Trevor Lawrence should only have four touchdown passes. And I don't feel like our defense is the one that he's going to fix it against. Do you? No. Okay. So then the last one is defend the deep pass. We are without Trey White. We haven't given up anything over the top. There's been no long touchdown passes against this defense all season. But it's our first game with, with is what probably going to be a combination of Kyrie Elam, Dane Jackson, Christian Benford. I don't know what Benford's health situation is, which is why I'm throwing Elam into the mix. They will take shots against you because they just want to see if they can get away with it. You have to be able to defend those. And if you can, that's a wasted down, and now you've put them farther behind the sticks. For an offense that knows they almost need small ball to survive. I just don't see a way. Right? Like, my in here in my chest, I still feel paranoid about this game. It feels like a letdown's coming.
2: 100% does.
1: Maybe that's the travel... Maybe that's the opponent. Maybe that's just the nature of our opponent and the fact that it feels like... You don't like play they're...
2: a perfect game putting up 48 on probably the second best team in the, a- in the AFC and then come out the next week and perform at the same level. There, I believe this is, with the spread five and a half, this is a letdown game. I would take the Jags to at least cover. Okay. I don't know if the Bills win. Definitely take the Jags to cover.
1: Well, we haven't won in England, have we? No. No. So I won't trust them until they do. (laughs) Like, I need to see it. It's weird for me thinking that, given how good our team is. Yeah. And given the fact that that game didn't even involve Josh Allen. I want to see what Josh Allen does in England. This this game goes a long way towards figuring out whether or not these other West Coast teams have to come here or how we travel around the United States. Like, this game is kind of... It's going to be interesting to watch because how we perform in this is going to go a long way towards dictating how we succeed while we travel domestically. I can't wait to find out whether or not we are the team that we think we are against what seems like a struggling opponent just because we jumped a couple time zones. I'd like to think our team is tougher than that. And if they are, Chris, that's going to go a long way towards fueling that Super Bowl favorite conversation. Yeah. You're going to hear a lot of that if we can. If we come out of this with a win, it's going to be huge. Do you have any predictions? Jaguars. One that you're willing to stake a claim on
2: jaguars cover wow i'm i'm this is where i am i'm probably 75 percent jaguars cover 60 percent jaguars outright win wow this it's it's this is a spot where buffalo is lets down
1: i'll put a seagrams on the bills winning outright by more than five
2: all right. Yeah,
1: there we go. And that's the secret, was met, baby.
2: I might have to try that now. I might have to be able to try that fucking asai lemonade or whatever you tried that I'd never. This heard whole of.
1: conversation was an attempt to bait you into it, and I got gotcha. you. And now we end the podcast, guys. This has been great. I I appreciate everybody showing up for it. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Kruger, and this has been your Week Five preview.